You are listening to The Vet Podcast, presented by veterinarian Dr. Brian Greger from New Zealand. Join us as we discuss pet health issues from around the world. Hi everybody. This is hardly going to be a surprise, but the major emphasis on this podcast again is going to be this COVID-19 virus, which is just wreaking havoc throughout the world. Firstly, I hope that you are all keeping safe. We have been in lockdown here in New Zealand for two and a half weeks now, so basically I haven't left the property. Uh, New Zealand has been fairly aggressive, or very aggressive actually, with the way that they have reacted to this virus. And I think that we're actually starting to see the benefits of the decisiveness which the New Zealand government has shown. As I said, we have had a lockdown for the last two and a half weeks. As of now, there are about 1,300 cases. We're at the point where the number of new cases is actually less than the number of people who are recovering from COVID. Unfortunately, and I know this is a small number compared with a lot of other countries, but a death is a death. We have had four deaths in New Zealand up until now. The sad thing about this is that it is mainly in the people that you would expect would be at the most risk. Um, It is the elderly. The virus has got into an old people's home up in Christchurch and has caused a little bit of strife in there. So, like I said, I hope you're all keeping safe. For those of you who are in the veterinary profession, the nurses and the veterinarians, I take my hats off to you. Um, I've been retired now. Well, not retired, that's the wrong word. I have stopped practicing, hopefully in the short term, taking a bit of a breather for the last four or five months. But I really do take my hat off to the veterinarians and the other people in the industry, the nurses and the vet techs and the cleaners and the kennel people and the farm techs. Veterinary clinics are continuing to be innovative with how they are still running their businesses and how they are looking after their animals. I would be very, very interested if you are in the profession, if you could get in contact with me about how you are supplying these essential services. I think that probably we should make a podcast on this just as to how around the world different practices are doing things. So if you do want to share how you are getting about applying your trade, so to speak, please contact me. Either email me at vetpodcast, just one word, vetpodcast at gmail.com or just from our Facebook page, which is just vetpodcast send me a private message and we can take that from there. The other thing that I would be quite interested in, I'm seeing a few messages come up on some of my Facebook feeds, looking particularly at the United Kingdom, where there seems to be a little bit of discussion as to the, now excuse me, I I may well have the wrong term here, but the Vet Council, the the equivalent of the Vet Council, the registry of veterinarians has come out from what I understand and said that vaccinations are seen as being an essential service. I would be very, very interested in what particularly the veterinarians and the vet techs, vet nurses, 
think of this statement if again just get in contact either email me vetpodcast at gmail.com or chase us up on the facebook page so we have got a couple of covid related topics that we're going to have a look at today the first one is a little bit of a rehash of what i presented based on the world small animal veterinary association's recommendations a couple of weeks ago about whether you can catch covid from your pet There have been a few things that have changed, particularly looking at um, cats. There's been a few cases, so we'll just have a quick look at that. And the second thing that we're going to have a look at is taking information from the New Zealand Veterinary Association, who I have to say have been very proactive with the way that they have supported the animals, they've supported the veterinarians and the veterinary profession in New Zealand. So hats off to the NZVA. Um, But they have prepared a thing called a prepared pet checklist, which is basically what you need to think about if you have to leave home in a hurry. So I'll get straight into it. Please take care of yourselves keep safe and this will end at some stage. Those of you who listened to the last VET podcast, which was a couple of weeks ago, where we discussed the possibility of humans becoming infected with the COVID virus from their pets. You may recall that the World Small Animal Veterinary Association made a statement that sort of went along the lines of there is no evidence of infection being passed from domestic pets, particularly looking at cats and dogs to humans. And there was a but, treat them as being infectious anyway. There has been a bit more research done and a few things have changed over the last couple of weeks as far as transmission. Now, I have got a copy of a review by a by an organisation called Syriaf, the Systemic Reviews for Animal and Food, which is based in Guelph and Michigan. Now, they have come out with a basically a literature search on all of the information that they can find and come come up with some conclusions so basically what we'll do is we'll just tick on down through that and just make a few comments so what they're saying is that all reported cases where the virus has been detected in cats and dogs have been from animals which have been living in close quarters with infected owners. There have been two cats and two dogs in this situation. There were 102 cats in Wuhan, China, which you remember is being classed as the epicentre of of the infection. Um, There were 102 cats there which were reported positive for antibodies to the virus but there have been no cases of cat or dog transmission to humans. In two challenge studies, there has been no reported transmission to contact pigs, ducks or chickens, and there has also been no report of the virus being found in any other livestock species. Some of you may have read that there was a Malayan tiger which tested positive for COVID in the Bronx Zoo. Now, this animal presented with a cough and a decreased appetite. There were another couple of large cats in the same enclosure, from what I understand, who were presented with similar signs. 
these animals weren't tested because there was risk involved with obviously anaesthetizing or tranquilizing these animals to get the tests done but these animals have all recovered but in saying that they were positive for COVID but there are studies which will be required to see whether exotic cats are actually more susceptible to the COVID virus than the domestic equivalents. So at the moment there is still no evidence that COVID-19 can get transmitted from pets to humans. However, and this is the big however, the World Small Animal Veterinary Association and logic will say that pet owners who are sick with COVID-19 should avoid direct contact with animals in their household. And this includes petting, snuggling, kissing and sharing food. And it's just basic stuff, hand washing and face masks. So to reiterate again, there is no evidence that you can contract COVID from your pets but in saying that never say never and please be careful don't get in too close a contact with them continue with your hand washing and continue wearing a face mask if you are dealing with a cat or a dog which has been in association with somebody who has had or got COVID. With a lot of us living in isolation or lockdown or whatever term you want to give to it, life has certainly got a lot different than it was for us in New Zealand even just two and a half weeks ago. Just something to think about. I know there's a lot of things on a lot of people's minds, but if, heaven forbid, you came down with COVID and had to be hospitalised or if a loved one was in that same situation, have you made any arrangements for your pets? What I've done here, the New Zealand Veterinary Association, which has been very, very proactive in looking after animals and looking after veterinarians who are seen as being an essential service here in New Zealand. And they are, I certainly have to take my hats off to the clinical vets. I retired about four or five months ago. So I'm just sitting from a distance thinking, gosh, these guys are doing a great job. But anyway, I have taken this from the New Zealand Veterinary Association where they have produced a prepared pet checklist. So if you were to have to leave home suddenly, a few things to think about. Have you got adequate supplies for your pets? Now this is food and medication. Obviously you need something to feed your pet. Have you got enough of that in the house? In medication, is there a chronic or an ongoing medical condition that you're treating your animal for? And if so, have you actually got enough medication to see this animal right for a few weeks or a month. Is your pet up to date with its vaccinations? Now, this is if the cat has to go to a boarding facility. At the moment, it's probably a little bit grey here in New Zealand whether boarding facilities for pets is an essential service or not. But most boarding facilities do require the animals to be vaccinated. Now, I know that this is not an essential service to get the animals vaccinated except i'm not sure what's happening in you in the uk at the moment i'm starting to see a few posts come up on some of the facebook 
pages that I am associated with where the Veterinary Council or the equivalent of the Veterinary Council has actually stated that, from what I understand, getting your pet vaccinated is actually seen as an essential service. I would be really quite interested, actually, if some of our colleagues in the UK want to get in contact with me about this because this is something that I actually probably should have a little bit more of a look at and whether we look at doing a podcast on it at some stage. So if you have got an opinion on what is happening as far as the essentialness of vaccinations in the UK or any other area around the world, please get back to me. Either email me at vetpodcast, one word, vetpodcast at gmail.com, or chase us up on Facebook, um, again, vetpodcast, and just send me a PM and we can go from there. So food, medication, vaccination. Have a talk to your veterinarian about what does need to get done there. Now, Silly wee thing, collars, leads, carry boxes. If you have to take your dog somewhere, you really do need a collar and a lead. And if you have to take your cat somewhere, a carry box would be mighty handy. Leave a contact list for whoever is going to be looking after your pet. What is your vet's name and contact number? Is the pet insured? Is it microchipped? And what is its number? So... Something else you're probably going to have to think about is what do you do if you are hospitalised? Do you leave your pet at home? Is that an option? Do you leave it with family and friends? Or do you take it to the boarding facilities? Now, something else again to think about is if the pet has been in association with somebody with COVID, what do you do? The first thing is to wash the pet in warm water with pet friendly soap for cats this may be a little bit more interesting so um, maybe don't rush in with your cat and drop it in the bath because I can just see that ending in a mess Um, but limit your contact with the pet wear gloves wash your hands don't kiss the cat do this at least for the first three days or so so in a nutshell adequate food food medication Make sure the vaccinations are up to date. Something to transport the cat or the dog with. Collars, leads, carry boxes. Leave a contact list with the important information. Have a think about what you're going to do if you are hospitalised. So hopefully none of you are going to have to consider this. But it is something, I guess, that we all need to have a plan about. You have been listening to The Vet Podcast. You can find us on Facebook, iTunes, Google Play, or bookmark us in your favourite podcast player. To contact us, message through Facebook or email vetpodcast at gmail.com.